Hello and welcome back to So Talk to Me. It's episode, was it 58? 58. That is crazy. We made it to 58. Made it to 58. 58 episodes, man, mm-hmm. that's that's intense. We're only 40, 42 episodes away from our 100 episode extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, extravaganza. We've already got tons of plans in the works, pulling out all the stops. We only got 42 weeks to set it up. Only. Actually, it's probably just going to be like every week where we have no idea what we're doing until we do it. Probably. Yeah. Thus is life in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, it was maybe like probably not even two hours ago. You were like, so what are we going to talk about tonight? And I was like, oh my gosh, we record tonight. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, today hasn't really felt like a Thursday. No, it's, it's been different. weird. Yeah. It's felt weird. Yeah. And we just, we went out for dinner, which we don't do very often. So that was different as well. Just kind of threw me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm usually working late on Thursdays. So. Yeah. Not the case today. It'll just be early on Sunday. Fun. Yeah. How's your week been, love? It's been good. It's been good. Adulting, uh, you know, like we mentioned, or I think I mentioned last week, about the the roof leaking and then the radiator cracking and stuff like that. Um, I was able to patch up the, or patch up. I just caulked it. It was really easy, actually. I'm pretty sure that fixed it because it's been raining more and I don't notice the splotch on our ceiling getting any worse so that's good um and then i was actually able to successfully replace the radiator in our car Yay! thank you youtube you helped me a lot and i listened to like five episodes of the latest um the latest season of serial the serial podcast oh wow i haven't heard anything about that in forever yeah yeah this I year mean, it's i never about listened Lucky Charms. to it anyway wait what nothing i'm kidding what Cereal. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm slow <laughs> this evening, guys. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's a weird night. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I still, I actually haven't even listened to the second season. So I need to go back and listen to that one. I've only listened to the first. Um, and then I started. The third is very different. It's actually like each episode is about a different case. And oh. she's focusing more on, I guess, they because I'm sure there's a whole team in there. Um, they're focusing more on like kind of the everyday justice system instead of like the extravagant cases. Just like what does our justice system look like day in and day out? Kind of oh, that would be interesting. It is interesting. Uh, it's really weird because it's just like, oh, this is messed up. Um, is so, it like a? Is it a pretty biased view? That's the thing is that you can't tell oh. because they they make it sound like it's unbiased. But they definitely bring out like passing comments and they they kind of like accentuate things like that. Like mm. this is every day. Like this, how messed up this case is, is every single day kind of a thing. That's like, okay. I mean, that, that and that may be the case, you know, I, I don't know. The case. Um, ha. <laughs> Unintentional. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, it's, if, if nothing else, it's definitely interesting, but you also see kind of like the different forces at play that are, that are, um, 
it's it, it's difficult. It's difficult because you know you have different sides that are trying to get different um, results out of it, and so you skew evidence in your favor, and it's it's weird. It's weird, and then the whole like over. I don't know about over policing, but like um, the the more the more crime that's committed, the more incentive it gives like the court system so lawyers and courts and stuff like that the more incentives it gives to like get cases over with very quickly so that they can move on to the next one and so then it's like okay well is is it really justice that we're after or is it just like to get all mm. these things processed and yeah. you know so there are things like that that are um it, yeah it's definitely interesting to look at um yeah so i don't know that was total tangent, <laughs> but it was, it was interesting. It was fun to listen to that while, while replacing my radiator. I felt like a man, dang it. Good times. Yeah. And it's actually been working just fine. It I has, didn't, yeah. I didn't put enough coolant in it when I first put it back in. Cause that thing, I don't know if you know this, but a radiator has a lot of coolant inside of it. I didn't realize just how much. So when I took the old one out and drained it, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much in here. And then I put that back into the new one, but I had already lost a lot of it because, you know, it just leaks. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so it, it wasn't full. And I drove it around and it would occasionally like almost overheat. And I'm just like, oh no, what did I do wrong? What happened? And then I did a little Google search and someone else had the same question. They were like, well, did you top off the radiator? And I'm like, I, I did put it in there. And then I'm like, oh, the radiator probably needs to be full. <laughs> like I probably need to be able to see the the coolant all the way up to the top of the lid. So that fixed it. So that's how much I know about cars. <laughs> well, but, hey, you fixed it. Yeah, yeah. Once again, thank you, YouTube. <laughs> because seriously, that probably saved us like $300 yeah. in repair costs. No joke. And I mean, it only took... And I was intentionally taking my time because other like major repair major this is a minor repair other repairs that i've done on our car um i've i've like tried to get through it get done with it really quickly mainly because of the hot austin summers um <laughs> but it's actually been fairly cool over the past week uh, at, at least last friday when i when i replaced it mm-hmm. and so um it was nice and cool so i was able to just kind of take my time make sure i got everything done the way that i wanted to get it done and um and it worked out. Yeah. So. And then we got sick. And then we got sick. Yes, we all got hit with the stomach bug. Except for you. That was fun. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, yeah. I just got queasy, but it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as everyone else. It seems. And if that's even what Josie had, I don't know. It hit Ollie. For it sure. Hit Ollie. Yeah. It hit me for sure. It hit you. But then Josie, yeah, no it fun. seemed like it might have earlier. But at the same time, it might have been other stuff. We don't know because she wasn't really complaining about it. And then yeah. Ollie got kind of like a second dose of it, sort of, but only because we gave him pizza rolls. Yeah, we for were dinner. just dumb. Yeah, that's pizza what it rolls was. and soda. Not a good idea to no. give a recovering kid. <laughs> I mean, it had been like what three days at that point, and he hadn't complained at all. But still, still, you got to give the body time. We didn't do that, and we paid the price for it. Yep. And so did my buddy Nate. Oh, because he waited for me. Anyways, that's that's another. Thanks, Nate. Nate, you're awesome. Um, yeah. 
So uh, th- those are those are the highlights of my week. I also started. Oh, that's right. I also started my new class. That's right. Yes, and uh, so it's theology in the old te- theology of the old Testament. I don't know. Uh, it's an Old Testament theology course, mm-hmm. um, and it's focused like basically the whole class is focused on Esther, the book of Esther. Yeah, and I was like, well, wait, why is that? Like, why is it called Old Testament theology? And then, like, one of the first things that my my professor actually sent out to the class, he he actually updates like almost every day, which is crazy. I've never had that from a online professor before, but like maybe maybe like two days in, he sent out a thing, and he was like. I'm sure you're asking, like, why is there so much focus on Esther in this class? And he, he was basically like, well, it's because um, Esther is a narrative. It doesn't have, like, an overt theological, um, th- like, it doesn't make overt theological yeah. statements. In fact, it doesn't even mention God at all throughout the entire book. Um, and so we're using this book as a um, sort of as a template on how to interpret narrative and how to see like God and what he's doing through narrative. Yeah. How, how, yeah. Basically just how to interpret it instead of just like, Hey, this is a cool story. Like, why is this in the scripture? What is mm-hmm. God actually doing in it? So, um, so what, what theological points can we take away from this? So well, it, I'm excited. It seems like, so there's a ton of stuff going on at the same time. Like that Esther is, written or like that time period right then mm-hmm. there's so much stuff going on and it feels like esther's yeah it's just like this story that's just been picked out of this other big story that's going on does that make sense yeah totally it's just like there's all this stuff going on and then it just like focuses on this one person and what's going on around her yeah it's really interesting yeah i mean it's definitely because of the like the implications of what she does right you know as for anyone who hasn't read (laughs) the story of esther um it has to do like the the israelites are in exile you Mm -hmm. know she's she's with a bunch of israelites under um (laughs) now i feel stupid uh xerxes what's or artaxerxes um, I can't remember his empire and I feel stupid. Anyways, they've, they, yeah, they're in exile, um, living as not, not necessarily slaves, but under a different nation. And, um, well, I had a total brain fart there, but, um, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so basically the king commands through a series of events, the king commands the, um, basically genocide of the jews mm-hmm. <laughs> of the hebrews um and and so like that's that's kind of why it's a big deal is because yes i agree it is like a story about esther like certainly esther is the main character uh, i mean aside from god but we, <laughs> we can we can talk about that um yeah it's it's her story but at the same time like the implications of this story was like literal hitler <laughs> you know like mass genocide yeah um so so it kind of it kind of plays a big part in it yeah it's really it's actually really amazing because it's absolutely like you can't read the story and not see god at work in it right does that make sense yeah. like it's completely miraculous yeah yeah 
that he that the king doesn't do this like doesn't commit the genocide and just goes in the complete opposite direction <laughs> right yeah basically well especially too because they even talk about i mean there, there's so many different things and i'm sure i'm going to be talking about it every week for the next eight weeks <laughs> um i'm sure i'll have more points to kind of just throw out and talking about esther but um but even just like this first week has been kind of an overview and some of like the main not the main points but like some things to think about that i just haven't thought about that i haven't seen before um so it is really interesting already in just how um how the king could not like because of the way that their governmental system was set up once the king made a decree there was no going back mm-hmm. on that like that was just the culture like that would be it's it's basic i mean it basically shows like not the deification but almost deification of their leadership so it's like it, it's kind of like the popes right you know once they say something it's not like you can say oh they were wrong like no, they were speaking as God, right? Mm. Um, I I don't agree with that. <laughs> Please don't hear me that that's actually that that's what I believe. I don't at all disagree with popery, uh, completely. <laughs> but uh, down with the papists. Yes, uh, the papal system. Uh, so, the, so the interesting thing, like you said, um, that you know he made this decree to wipe out the the Hebrew people. Um, he couldn't take it back. So they have to kind of find a way around that and how um, <laughs> how to protect the Hebrew people. And they basically have like, what's that movie called? The Purge? <laughs> Where it's like, no one's going to help you. Like <laughs> the command was you could kill Jews on this certain day. But if you do, then they're going to fight you back. And in fact, my guards are going to fight you back as well. So anyways, spoilers, again, if you haven't read Esther, um, just the way, yeah, the way that things work out, you definitely see God working throughout the entire thing, which is so interesting because he's never mentioned, Mm -hmm. but it's also, like you said, so obvious. And the use of like reversal and irony and things like that. And and, um, one of the things, one of the readings that I did this week talked about how like almost slapstick the book is because it's so over the top. Um, like you get the bad guy in, in the story is so full of himself Oh yeah, and like just such a, such a, he's like a Disney villain. Mm -hmm. He's full of himself. And because someone won't bow down to him, he gets the King to wipe out his entire people. Like he's just, he's like a cartoon character basically is how, how full of himself he is. And then the total reversal of everything that he wanted done to them is done to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's th- the whole story seems like it's a almost like it's a fable because it's so exaggerated. Not that it is. So that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying like it's it's just so over the top. Um, it, it's a really interesting story, especially the way that it's told. Um, and then the, the the last thing that I'll say is. Uh, something that I hadn't noticed before that I'm really just kind of like blown away and seeing this is again, because God is never mentioned in this story. Um, it is a story of these, these Hebrew people who are in exile from their, from where they ought to be. And that shows in the way that they act and the way that they, um, like interact with each other. And the, the fact that God is not mentioned, like, 
God seems very far away、mm. throughout this story because the people are far away from God.、Mm. Does that make sense?、Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really interesting, especially because the story is a part of scripture and because it's a part of the overall narrative of what God is doing、um, throughout history and with his people.、Um, this story in particular just feels so.、Um, uh, I'm trying to even think of the words, but it feels so. Foreign, I was going to say desolate. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't necessarily capture what I'm trying to say. But you you feel the exile of the Hebrew people because God is not ever named. While at the same time, I think you also, like, if you know who God is through the rest of scripture, like, it is very obvious that he is working things towards his will. Yeah. You know, so. Yep, yep, yep. Anyways. Esther is very interesting. And I, I am excited to, to kind of jump into it. I will also say that this class seems to have less,、uh, less work than my previous class. You don't have、class. to write as many papers. Right, right. I'll probably, I, I, I think I have to write at least one paper a week.、Um, so there's still, there's still some work to do, but it's not as intensive as the previous class. Although the, I think the last week, there's like a long paper that I have to write. So we'll see. I, I should probably do the math and see when that one actually hits because that's probably like the beginning of December when things are ramping up at the church. So that'll be a fun week. <laughs> But、uh, that's future Josh's problem. <laughs> nice. So, 20 minutes in the podcast. How are you doing?、Uh, got some allergies going on.、Um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just fits so perfectly. I had to. Um, yeah. Uh, I, yep, I was sick、mm-hmm. on Friday, unfortunately. Um, but it didn't last very long. Thankfully, it was only like a little 24 hour bug. Yeah. Um, I'm doing good now and. Yeah, just been doing my normal thing throughout the week, taking care of them kiddos. It's still been rainy here,、um, but much cooler. It was actually kind of cold on Monday. Well, cold for us, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I mean, yeah, it, it hit. When it hit, it was. Pretty dang cold. Yeah, Monday was the, I think it was like 45, something like that. Yeah. So that, when Sunday was like 80. 80. Yeah. <laughs> at least it was in the 80s. Yeah. Right. It was, it was, it got hot. Like I was surprised. It felt good getting to work, but then after church, like two o'clock when I was driving yeah, home, it was nasty. It's hot. It's all muggy. Yeah. Yeah. But then, it, yeah. Then the next day it dropped、mm-hmm. like crazy. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I don't know where you are, lovely listener, but 45 is dang cold for Austin, Texas, especially in October. Yeah, it's actually really weird. Yeah, it's, it's seriously, <laughs> it does not get cold until like January. No.、Here. Yeah, it's crazy.、Um, the past few years, December, like Christmases have been, you know, like in the 70s, possibly 80s. They've been muggy. Yeah, it's. Usually in the 80s in October. Yeah. Does not get this cold. 
like ever. So this is very strange. Yeah. It makes me wonder like, are we going to have a really cold winter? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Probably Probably not. (laughs) I think, I think it's all the like storms that have been going on. Yeah, definitely. Cause there's something going through here because we're, we're getting a ton of rain. I don't follow the weather closely enough. So Neither do I. I don't. I don't know what exactly it is. I, I assume that, it's from all the hurricanes. Right. I know Michael hit Florida really bad. Yeah. Um. But I mean, there just seems to be all like a bunch of flooding going on closer here in Texas, and I don't know if that's just like well, because it Michael hasn't, or what. Well, yeah, because it just hasn't stopped raining. Right. I mean, Lake Travis is. I think I read something that said. This is like the fifth highest it's ever been or something like that. Like it's full. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And uh it's funny too. I have a little story. Um uh, I had a friend of mine text a friend who lives outside of town, out of town, and uh he texted yesterday like during small group and he was he was just asking if everything was okay. Um you know, like how we were doing with all the flooding. And I was like, oh, it's fine. I mean, it's just raining here. It's not that big of a deal. And I was like, I heard something about, um, there's another city around here called Lano. It's like an hour and a half away. Yeah. And I heard that one of their like, was it a bridge that collapsed? Something like that? Like a dam or something? Um, Not a dam, but it's like a, yeah. Like a bridge that goes over a river. Yeah, there you go. And and yeah, the river just like, it collapsed. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and so I was like, that's about an hour and a half away, but I mean, where we are, it just seems like we're getting yeah, a lot of rain. We won't ever have to worry about flooding Us at our house. Personally, we don't because we have a super steep driveway. So. And we're like up on a hill. Yeah. Yeah. So it's never, it's never going to be a problem for us. But, uh, it's just funny because after he asked me that and I was like, that's the only thing that I can think of now over the past like day or two. I've been hearing all these other things of like flooding and all all this crazy stuff that's going on around Austin. And I'm just like, oh, I guess I just don't pay attention (laughs) because I don't go any, like between my house and the church that I work at, um, it's like a 10, 15 minute drive. So it's not very far. (laughs) So I don't know how the rest of the city is doing, but we're doing just fine. (laughs) Well, and we have a lot of like little creeks and streams around where we live. Mm -hmm. And usually when it rains a ton, those will, those will flood and the roads around them will be closed off, but that hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I haven't, yeah, just because of that, like I haven't thought that it was that bad because normally when there's flooding, like it happens around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it hasn't happened. But I guess just in this part of Austin, there just hasn't been as much rain as I guess surrounding areas. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was later on that night too, um, after everyone had left for small group, I jumped on Facebook on my phone and I saw a video that actually our pastor or like our church had posted of our mm, pastor mm-hmm. that was talking about, we have a, um, our church is affiliated with a, another group. That's like a disaster relief group. And, and he was saying yeah, how like Austin disaster relief network. Yes. There you go. ADRN. And, um, how, how like to be on standby, they're mobilizing stuff to, um, to help out. The, with with the flooding and so to kind of be on standby that that 
they'll give us updates as it comes. And that was kind of when it hit me like, oh, this is much worse than I thought. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know there was crazy amounts of flooding yeah. going on outside of, you know, Lano. And maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I'm dumb. I haven't looked into it very much. It's definitely so. not as bad here as it is in parts of Florida and yeah. what, Georgia? Oh, geez. Yeah. Jeez. No. There's some, there's some craziness. Ugh. Craziness. I can't on. imagine. Yeah, I'm like friends on Facebook with some people who have been really, really affected. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Dang. That's crazy. And they're still on Facebook? Yeah, I guess you'd still have your phone. It's crazy. Man, oh, man. Yeah. Well, on that note. <laughs> Sorry to be down here. I don't even know. I, I don't even know. There's no segue. And I don't even know where we're going, actually. So I just just going off the rails it's, it's a fun time here on the so talk to me podcast <laughs> on this crazy train <laughs> yes right uh, thank you ozzy osborne um or that was that was black sabbath yeah that was black sabbath right was he already out of black sabbath and was that his solo material i think it's black sabbath, I think it's, black sabbath. Train. it's gotta be now I feel stupid that I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm but pretty sure. doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, Aussie, Black Sabbath, people know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right. Well, do, do you Anyways, have any topics? We're exciting this you evening. Be dad, definitely. You know, um, this is what you tune in for every week. <laughs> or <discussions> mumbling. <laughs> about crazy trains. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm trying to think what I've even been like reading and listening to this week. And I'm drawing a blank, you guys. My mind is just like filled with crud. Uh oh. Mm, nope, got nothing. All right. What you want to talk about? <laughs> it is Ozzy Osbourne. It was his solo oh. material. Yeah. It's off his own personal album. So, my bad. My bad, guys. It wasn't Black Sabbath. Going off the rails on this crazy train. Anyways, <laughs> I could easily talk Moving about on. Ozzy Osbourne, but that's <laughs> maybe not a good idea. Because you're maybe such a huge fan? Work. No, no. <laughs> I could give my thoughts on Ozzy Osbourne, but then I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't even want to. Nobody cares. Don't, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's not why you listen. All right. So, what so? do you want to talk I about? Know, so. so talk to me. Yeah. About what do you want to talk about? What? Well, um, so I'll just preface this by saying that uh, this is not going to be a in-depth discussion oh. at all. This is just going to be kind of a surface level thing and just some, yeah, just some of my thoughts on on a certain subject that I have been thinking about. Actually, since, since this weekend, um, there was some stuff going on at Arch. You're breathing right into the microphone. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> My nose is sorry, kind of <laughs> stuffy, so I'm like, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so yeah, there, there's um, just some stuff going on at our church that we're um, trying to just align different things in the church, um, and the issue of spiritual gifts was kind of brought up, and I haven't really studied spiritual gifts very much. 
Um, and I'm not sure a lot of my thoughts on the subject. So I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in that. Like what exactly is, I mean, obviously I've grown up in the church. I've, you know, done the whole like spiritual gifts test and stuff like that before. Oh, goodness. Um, so I'm not, I'm not unfamiliar with spiritual gifts, just like, uh, I'll say like, I haven't really thought about the, the whole, um, that whole aspect and, and like the study of what spiritual gifts are and, and their place within the church. Um, probably since like high school, I guess. I don't know. It's been quite a while. Um, so I decided that I wanted to look into it a little bit more. And so I rented a book from the library, borrowed a book from the library. Um, and I've been listening to it. It's an audio book. It's called Spiritual Gifts. Uh, oh gosh, the subtitle is something like what they are and, and, and something else. I don't, I don't remember. Cool, cool. So what, uh, what have you learned in that book? Um, oh, the, yeah, it's, it's by Thomas Schreiner. That's right. That's what I was going to say is, um, so it, I, I had read like a couple of their articles by him, um, and some other things, but, but it is from a cessationist position. It's a short little book and actually spoiler alert, that's going to be my recommendation for this week. Um, like the audiobook is like four hours long. It's pretty short. Um, and I, and he, he is actually very, I, I think he, he is very clear about what he believes on the subject and how, uh, how he sees things. Cause it, cause it ties into some other stuff. Like I said, he's a cessationist. And so it ties the idea of spiritual gifts and how they're used, um, ties into some other some other like it ties into like charismatic gifts and things like that. Yeah. And so, so you, it's hard to just tackle one subject. Um, but I, I think he is concise and he's very, um, clear about his view on everything. And so I, so it's been very helpful for me. I'm actually on my second listen through it. Um, because I think the first time I listened through it, it was kind of more casual and I wanted to really kind of focus more the second time through and, and just to, to kind of get another picture of it. And because it's so short and like it's four hours, normally I usually listen to books at like, you know, 1.5 speed or something like that. So like, it's basically a long podcast for me, <laughs> um, at the speed that I listen to it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. And so I just wanted to bring up a couple of the points and see kind of what you think about it as well. And okay. And we can go from there. Um, I will say one of the things that I really appreciate about the book is that he actually dedicates it to to three different people. I think it's I think it is it D. A. Carson. It may not be D. A. Carson. I might be mix, mixing that up. But um, it's also John Piper and Sam Storms who are oh. not cessationists. Yeah, and like basically, he's dedicating it to them because they have had such an impact on his life and. Um, like basically to say, you know, I could be wrong about this, um, but this is, you know, this is what I believe. And these men have made a huge difference in my life. So he comes at it from a very humble standpoint. He actually, he actually talks about John Piper for a couple sentences because um, he was his pastor for like 11 years. Um, so I'm like, dang, this guy, like, I don't, I don't know. Just when a book comes from that perspective of, of humility Mm -hmm. um, even while attempting to be clear in what it's saying. Yeah. Like I'm not a continuationist, really but I really just revere these men who are. Right, yeah. right, exactly. 
Um, and that's kind of one of the first things as, as we uh, kind of talk about this a little bit, the, one of the first things that I wanted to bring up is that this is a secondary issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the whole, and, and again, it, it reaches into a couple different areas as well. So that even the whole like continuationist cessationist thing, um, whether or not, yeah, basically what that means is whether or not certain gifts have ceased. So in particular, um, uh, cessationist would say that there is no longer any prophecy, right. no longer, uh, like tongues have ceased as mm-hmm. well. Um, and basically like miraculous sign gifts, um, are no longer, well, I, I need, I actually need to be more careful about how I word this. So please forgive me for what I already have said, but basically all of these miraculous sign gifts are no longer, um, in, in use, in regular use within the church. Okay. Not that God can't do these things. Right. Not that it can't manifest itself once in a while, but that there are no longer any prophets. There are no longer mm-hmm. any, um, there are no apostles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's fairly clear by what, well, anyway, sorry, I don't necessarily need to go into that. Uh, yeah. No longer <laughs> any apostles, no longer any prophets, no longer people who, um, are like, uh, who regularly do miracles mm-hmm. again, not that God can't do miracles, not that there can't be a miracle in your midst, but there's, there's no longer people who regularly do miracles because the, the purpose primarily the purpose for those miracles was to point to Christ and his resurrection. Right. Um, and now we have scripture and right. now we have, you know, well, those miracles were to prove that one was a prophet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we no longer have prophets, so we don't need people working miracles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the cessationist position in a nutshell. Um, if we want to, you know, do an entire episode about cessationism, uh, maybe we'll do that in the future. Again, this is just an overview. I don't want to get too deep into it because I haven't collected my thoughts enough to actually um, be able to talk about it <laughs> in a in any kind of meaningful fashion. I think tonight. Um, but th- that is something that, like, because the idea of spiritual gifts kind of um, goes into the also the ideas of cessationism or continuationism, which is just the you know just saying that all of the gifts that we see in the Acts in the early church are still applicable today, continuing into today. Um, because it affects things like that. Um, these are important issues to talk about. Spiritual gifts are. Um, but again, I just want to say this is a secondary issue. Yeah. Um, there are other issues like within the, I, I'd say the charismatic movement in general that are more problematic mm-hmm. um, than simply gifts. So as much as, as much as like, I personally kind of cringe when I hear someone talking about, you know, tongue speaking or, or something like that nowadays and how it's regularly practiced within churches. Um, it is a secondary issue and it doesn't necessarily mean that they are apostate or that, you know, that there's anything like extremely heretical going on just because of that. It can possibly point to other things, but I shouldn't assume that. Does that make sense? Because it is a secondary issue. 
Um, and Schreiner actually opens the book. And again, I just think it's fantastic about, uh, and he, li- he, um, gives like, uh, pros and cons with the charismatic movement in general. Mm-hmm. So he actually lists like a bunch of things that are really great about the charismatic movement. Like, like some of the things that stood out to me are their focus on prayer mm-hmm. and just how important prayer is and the personal relationship that you have with God. Um, that sometimes, you know, we don't always get right, but, and their, um, their emotiveness, their expressiveness, um, particularly in worship is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually not, it's not a right. bad thing to be affectionate mm-hmm. in worship to God. You ought to be. Um, so, so he points out some very good things about the movement like that, their love for people. Yeah. You know, uh, we could learn the thing. It, Last week, we talked about reformedom, right? Okay. <laughs> um, a lot of reformed people, and sorry, I'm giving air quotes. You can't see me <laughs> because obviously we talked about it last week. Uh, tons of people, uh, you know, give different definitions for what that means. Um, but a lot of people in the reformed movement can learn from their charismatic brethren yes. about these things, about how to love people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> About Just, how not to be a jerk. Yeah, yeah, basically. So um, all that, I just want to give that preface because Schreiner does, and I think it was fantastic, that um, that these are secondary issues. But these are also important issues yeah. for a couple different reasons. And um, he brings up uh, 1 Corinthians 12, I believe it is. Yeah, I have it here. Mm-hmm. Um this is where a lot, there are a few different sections within the New Testament where it talks about spiritual gifts. And 1 Corinthians 12, um, basically the whole chapter is about spiritual gifts. And it starts off, and Paul says, the very first verse, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Okay. So Paul himself, like like I had previously just said, I hadn't really thought about spiritual gifts in quite a while. You know, I... I Obviously, I think about my function and my role within the church because I'm employed at a church. (laughs) So I kind of have to think through those things and and encouraging other people to find their place within the church as well. Um, So in that context, I have, but not like necessarily the spiritual gifts that are laid out in scripture, you know, that scripture talks about very specifically. Um, And here Paul is saying, I don't want you to be uninformed about this. Like the reason that he talks about this is because it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons that it's important is because it has to do with the way that the church functions, right? So depending on what you, the leadership within the church or how they see the use of spiritual gifts, um, it greatly affects the way that they see the congregation, and the way that the congregation is to interact with each other and interact with the world. Um, so it, it does play a really big part in church life, even if it's mm-hmm. underlying, even if it's, you know, kind of subconscious, even if it's not directly talked about. Um, and and we'll, we'll see this more kind of as we go on and, and talk about spiritual gifts in general, is that um, it really, Paul puts a huge focus on... Um, spiritual gifts being used within the church and their purpose within the church. So, so it is definitely important, even if it's not primarily important. Um, it is very important to the life of the church. 
Um, that was really all that I wanted to read there was just to show because because like when he read that verse, I'm just like, oh, dang, that makes me feel stupid um, <laughs> because like Paul is talking about how important this is. So like it's definitely something that we ought to um, that we ought to think about and that we ought to kind of get straight because it's so often so muddled, I feel like, you know, again, I've grown up in that I've been in the church context my whole life, you know, as far back as I can remember. Um, but it's still, it's something that like, there's so many different views on that it's kind of difficult to, to wade through the waters of what this actually means, like how to interpret what the scripture says about spiritual gifts. Because so often um, what we see the use of spiritual gifts in the scripture is like for the, the early church. Mm-hmm like for the expansion of the gospel. Right. And so then, that, I mean, this kind of goes back to like what we were talking about in Esther and how Esther is a narrative and you're learning, and, and I'm going to be learning how to, um, how to interpret narrative. That's the question is like, is what happened in the book of Acts, uh, is that normative? Like, is that what should be happening today in our churches? Is that why that story was given? Or was the story given as part of a larger story of, of showing the kingdom breaking in and in the new covenant? And this is the start of something that has like this huge beginning. Does that make sense? Like all these things are happening. And then that, and then as you know, time goes, as, as the church forms, then we have the canonization of scripture. And so, Mm -hmm. So depending on how you actually see these things, like you have different um, interpretations. So it gets kind of difficult. Um, so I guess, yeah, the first thing that, that I kind of wanted to say that that has really um, come to light throughout the book is the context in which that spiritual gifts are talked about. And I mentioned this earlier, is that it is within the church. Right. So whenever you see Paul talking about spiritual gifts, he even talks about like, seeking the greater gifts and he'll specifically talk like i think in that passage um and i can't think of it offhand so please forgive me again i didn't prepare well enough for this um but he talks about you know seek um seek prophecy over tongue speaking something like that and the context in which he's talking about that is um being able to edify the people within the church you know he he talks about the orderly use of gifts um, within the church that that the church ought not to be chaotic with everyone using their gifts at the same time. Like it, there needs to be order because it needs to actually benefit the larger church body, not just you giving you using your gift, but so that other people may be edified in the use of your gift. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So almost like you are not gifted for yourself. You're right. not gifted to use your gift. You're gifted so that you can become a part of something greater than yourself. You know, and that and that's something as as if you use that as kind of like a foundation and a baseline of what the spiritual gifts are, then you start to see like the uniqueness, how God distributes different gifts to different people within the church and how much you are needed within the church with your own unique gifts and how much you need the church in order to function properly. Mm. 
Because basically what that means, if you follow it logically, what that means is that you're never going to be a perfect Christian. You need to be in a community of believers who have complementary gifts. Right. You're never going to be, you're never going to have a perfect theology. Mm-hmm. Um, and theology is just one part of it, right? There's practice. There's, mm-hmm. there, you know, there, there's tons of different things. But basically you are not going to be, um, yeah, you're not going to be perfect, man. <laughs> you're not going to be the perfect theologian. You're not going to be the perfect preacher. You're not going to be the perfect teacher. You need to be around other people who have complementary gifts mm-hmm. so that you can all be edified. Um, and it's interesting too, because then that also means while there are gifts that, um, like it, it basically means that there is no hierarchy within the church as well, right? Right. Just because your pastor is gifted at preaching and teaching. Doesn't mean that that gift is more valuable than yours. Exactly. Exactly. Which is really kind of crazy to think about. You know, you think of, I, I mean, especially, I'm going to fall back on this again, especially within the Reformed camp. Um, there's a lot of emphasis placed on like the eldership of the church. And I think in, in a certain sense, rightly so, because mm-hmm. they're held to a high standard. Um, and you ought to only have godly men <laughs> in leadership at your church. Right. Um, but at the same time, their gifts, they're not, they're not more gifted than right. you are. They are differently gifted. Right. And we all ought to be striving um, to together, like corporately, use our gifts for each other, for the edification of each other, and um, in pursuing God and, and becoming more like him and glorifying him in all that we do. So those are just some initial thoughts, but, but that, that's been, that's been kind of the, the main, yeah, kind of foundation and baseline of where, when, when you start to understand that, that the gifts are not for yourself, like you're not to go out and be, it sounds weird. You're not to go out and be great Mm -hmm. by yourself. You know, you're not to be some great Christian. Um, and I mean that in the sense that like to make a name for yourself and, and, you know, <laughs> do signs and miracles and wonders so that your, you know, your name can be at the, you can do whatever. I don't know. Um, the gifts are given so that you can help the church edify the larger body. You know, it's, it's like that whole um, analogy of the body. Um, how can the, you know, how can the foot say to the hand, you know, you don't need me. I'm not, I'm not like you are kind of thing. Like, no, we're all needed. We're all necessary within the larger body of the church. So when you've just, you've been saying gifts a lot, are you still talking about spiritual gifts or just how God has gifted individuals? So, so I think there's a difference. Yes, but um, that that is an interesting question as well um, that I don't necessarily have total clarity on. Um, I do think there's a sense in which God, like God, the Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts to his people, mm-hmm. right? Um, I do think that there are some of the gifts as well, spiritual gifts that are listed within scripture 
that seem to be more um, that play to certain personality strengths, if that makes sense. They seem to be more about the way that your brain works, you know, the way that you think, the way that you kind of categorize things in your mind and the way that you, you have just found to work. Um, so I mean, like even like a gift of administration, you know, that seems like it, there are certain personality types that are more bent that way than others. That said, the way that Schreiner talks about that in the book, and I'm, I'm still, I'm not sure um, that I agree with this a hundred percent. I'm still working this out. Mm-hmm. But the way that he describes it in the book, and I hopefully I'm not taking him out of context, is that whether the gift is given by the Holy Spirit after salvation or whether it's simply the way that you're wired, for lack of a better term, um, it is still all because God has made you that way. Like it is all a gift regardless. Does that make sense? Like it's all a gift from God. Right. The way that the way that our um, our worship director has said it, um, you know, he he talks about how he wouldn't be able to play his instrument if God hadn't allowed his you know fingers to function. Mm-hmm. You know, had had kept away carpal tunnel. You know, had so so even the thing that he's worked the hardest at, you know, learning how to play his instrument mm-hmm. is all a grace anyway. It's mm-hmm. all just a gift from God anyway. Right. So in that sense, um, I think the, the way that Shriner puts it is that all the gifts are given by God regardless. Does that make sense? Yes. That make sense? Yes, most definitely. But does that still make them spiritual gifts or just gifts? Um, I'm trying to like, like, is there a difference? Because the like when Paul's talking about spiritual gifts, he mentions specific things. Mm-hmm. You know, like you mentioned prophecy and tongues and um uh you know, healing and I think discernment is also mentioned. Um but when we're talking about like other gifts or how people are just wired. Like for instance, God has given me a good singing voice. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a gift from God Yeah, that he wants me to use to glorify him. Just like every gift he's given anyone. Um, but is that a spiritual gift? Mm-hmm. So um, I was just, I was just searching here as, as you were talking, um, it's actually later on in that very same chapter in First Corinthians chapter twelve. Um, there's a verse. Let me see. Oh yeah, I had it in my other phone. Um, <laughs> in my other phone. Yeah, I have like three <laughs> screens in front of me right now. Um, I have it in my other phone. Verse twenty-eight. <laughs> um, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. So here, I mean, this is still within the context of 
spiritual gifts, right? Mm -hmm. From the beginning of the chapter. And he lists some things, administrating, helping, like some things that are, um, they seem to be uh, coming out of the way that people are wired naturally. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, now I will say, now I'll, I'll go out on a limb for just a second here and, and talk about my personal experience. Okay. So this isn't necessary. This just helps me to kind of process through these things. Um, so I know this is dangerous by, you know, giving it personal experience, but, um, I would say, you know, I've talked about on this podcast before how I'm just an odd duck and how I, I'm kind of like an, uh, extroverted introvert right Mm -hmm. i think i'm naturally more of an introvert yeah but i can be extrovert i enjoy being around people right i think in my own experience the more time that i spend with the lord and the more that i see his love for people the more that i love people Mm -hmm. the more that i am able to love people so in times in my life where i am not spending very much time with the Lord, I will often not focus on people around me or I'll kind of ball up and mm-hmm. I'll become more introverted. So in that sense, I think God gives me like it's, it is a spiritual gift because it's something that comes from being with God is a love for people. Does that make sense? So like naturally, yes, I enjoy talking to people but I think naturally I'm also more introverted. But I think as I'm, as the spirit continues to work in me and he like reveals the truth and how I ought to be, um, that I am gifted more with that, like the ability mm-hmm. and the desire to want to be around people and to want to share in life with people and be in community. Like I literally just talked about just a few minutes ago. <laughs> Cause I'm not naturally that way. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? In a certain sense? Yes. I enjoy being around people, but in another sense, it's like, I want my own space. Yeah. Whereas like the more time that I spend with the Lord, the more I see the importance of, of being around people and, and like going deep with people. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so that's kind of my slight understanding that makes sense so like I, d- I don't know how that transfers to something like administration like if someone is more administrative the more time that they spend with the lord i don't know maybe they see like how orderly that god is and how he orders his creation and they want that more um the more that they you know the more time they spend with the lord mm-hmm. i don't i don't know um i just know that like that's that's one way that i see that in my own life all right, so those are just some of my initial thoughts, my initial takeaways from the book. The book is really good, um, and I'll, I mean, I guess I'll go ahead and just give my plug here of recommendation for it. Um, because he is coming from a cessationist point of view, he does dedicate a couple chapters, well, a few chapters to, um, in particular, prophecy and tongues, which I think are really helpful as well, of kind of thinking through those and, and how they how they're seen in the new Testament and how they're um, what, you know, if they're for today and if they're experienced today as well. Um, And yeah, it's, it's really cool. I like the clarity that he speaks with. So 
I think it's really um, beneficial. Um, I will say though that just reading one book on the subject by someone that I probably already agreed with beforehand um, is helpful, but that's not, I don't think it gives me a range of understanding. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I also want to read books about spiritual gifts from the other side. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, so um, I, while this has been very helpful and while I would definitely recommend the book, um, I also don't want to, uh, be a jerk and be like, oh yeah, I already agreed with him, and now I agree with him even more now that I've read his book. You know, like, <laughs> like I, I already had to... this position, and now I'm more even... strengthened. Yeah. It. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Again, while that's beneficial, like it, it, you also ought to read things mm-hmm. that you disagree with, and so that you can strengthen your own uh, understanding. And so I, I'm, I'm just saying, that sure. to say that that's what I plan on doing as well. This is not where it ends. This is where it just begins. So um, these are all my initial thoughts on the subject. So forgive me if they're they're all wrong. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I probably jumped the gun on talking about this on the podcast, but here we are. Episode 15. We do what we want. Yeah, exactly. Every (laughs) single time. All the times. Man. Tongues is such an interesting subject. It is. I could go on and on about that subject. Oh, really? Yes. Maybe we should talk about tongues next week. Okay. Um, And yeah, just see see what we think about that and and what it means and how it's used and what it means today. Because you've actually had more experience with what people call tongues nowadays. Yes, I I came out of a very, very charismatic very Pentecostal Mm -hmm. church. I honestly would probably categorize it more as a cult. Wow. Really? It was like a follow the leader kind of a deal? Well, it just, I don't know if I should get into it right now. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, Tune in next week. We'll talk about <laughs> Samantha's time in the cult um, and tongues. All your questions will be answered. No, not really. But um, yeah, no, it, it, again, like the, his chapters in, in the book about tongues have been really, have been really cool. There's, there's an analogy that he uses that's, well, not an analogy, a comparison to something in the Old Testament that I'm just like, oh my gosh. I think I think it kind of helps to unlock kind of an understanding of what God was doing. Well, if you like if you search out throughout scripture just different instances of tongues, uh I mean there are lots of them, like you can see that the way that it happened in scripture is not the way that it happens nowadays. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's just a taste of what's coming next week. Uh, yeah, no, I think that'll actually be good. That'll be really interesting conversation. But instead of going two hours tonight, we'll just we'll go ahead and talk about that next week. Cool, yeah. Got it on the books. We talked already. about prophecy. Now we'll talk about exactly. Tongues. There you go. And even yeah, even what we said about prophecy that you know my thoughts are not changing necessarily. Um, but in in certain ways, I mean, they're they're even just being reinforced because, like, yeah, I still I still just don't understand why it would ch- it would have changed from Old Testament to New Testament, but it but, wouldn't. 
Uh, I agree. <laughs> so, anyways, do you have any other thoughts, any questions about spiritual gifts that you wanted to bring up that we could kind of kick back and forth? I know I've I've talked a lot, so sorry. Um, I don't know. There is there is a book that I really want to read called um, Oh gosh, what's it called? I just went blank. Spiritual gifts and where to find them? No, defining deception. I think that's the name of it. Hmm. By Costi Hinn. Oh, okay. Let me make sure. I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast. And I still haven't read it. <laughs> I keep meaning to buy it. Yeah, Defining Deception, Freeing the Church from the Mystical Miracle Movement by Anthony G. Wood and Costi Hinn. Um, yeah, someone uh, that I know recently read it and was just like, you have to read this book. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, dang it, I need to read this book. So Yeah. Have you ever read Strange Fire by John MacArthur? I haven't read it, but I okay. have watched the, because uh, they did a conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've watched through a lot of the um, the lectures. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I think, I think really good. in that, right. I, I read through it this year and I think it was this year might have been last year anyways um i liked it i i do think and and he actually he's pretty straightforward about it at the beginning of the book but he does take kind of the most um the most extreme cases of what has come out of the charismatic movement of the pentecostal movement mm -hmm. um and he intentionally does that because he's saying like this is where this understanding leads mm -hmm. um so you have to be careful with the book and not say Oh well, anyone who's a charismatic believes all these things, right. you know. Like that's not necessarily there are what sane the book charismatics. is. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and this book particularly singles out like the <laughs> not sane yeah. charismatic. Um, so, uh, so you do have to. That, that's my word of warning about the book: is that yes, the book seems extreme because it intentionally is dealing with the extremes. Um, so don't take it and yeah and apply it to everyone with the who calls himself charismatic so um but yeah i mean i guess i can throw that in my recos as well strange fire yeah it's pretty good it'll probably help out with next week's talk as well about tongues yeah what's that guy's name mike wagner is it wagner? yes yeah yeah he i like i we obviously disagree with him on some things i'm a cessationist he's a charismatic I'm a Calvinist. He is not a Calvinist. He actually thinks Calvinism is unbiblical, but um, but he has done a couple videos on just the crazy charismatic movement, or particularly he talks about Bethel. <laughs> they come up again. Um, hey yo. But yeah, it's just it. I've watched a few videos and listened to some things by people who consider themselves Pentecostals and Charismatics that are just like these people in this like NAR, the new apostolic reformation movement are crazy. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> this is insane. Basically is what I've heard from them. So I'm like, okay, it's not just me. It's not just <laughs> my cessationist self, like right. thinking that this is, absolutely ridiculous but it's like 
sane charismatics and Pentecostals as well that are like speaking against us. So, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, so I just I just searched for him on YouTube. It's that's Mike Winger. Winger. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and we Thank can. You. Uh, um, I guess I do. You want to throw him in the recommendations as well? Yeah, you can put that video in there. Which one? The one where he's talking about um, Bill Johnson and Bethel. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. So, um, so yeah, this is as a as a recommendation. Again, we disagree um, with this guy on a lot of things. Yeah. But the way that he goes about, I've only seen a couple of his videos. You turned me on to him. Um, but the way that he does, like the way that he explains, he's his very charitable, and he's like. He knows scripture. Exactly. He, he uses takes, scripture. Yes, he and takes he scripture very seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So even if we disagree on things, like the fact that he believes it based on scripture is very refreshing mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, the <laughs> I keep I keep picking on us here. Um, but I will say just the the reformed uh movement does not have a uh, monopoly on the on scriptural interpretation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and exegesis. Like there are people who disagree <laughs> with reform dumb, um, and have biblical arguments to back it up with, um, you know, their, their consistency, you know, anyways. Um, so yeah, it was the stuff that I've seen from Mike has been, or is it, I don't know. Yeah, Mike Winger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is is very encouraging i enjoy i enjoyed what i've seen from him i'm just like man this guy is very earnest and very um very much you can tell that he believes what he believes because of his conviction of what the scriptures teach Mm -hmm. um and that is that's awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know even if we disagree kind of like um we've brought him up before but um dr michael brown Mm -hmm. you know like he is a super smart dude, way smarter than I'll ever be. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, we disagree on lots of things as well. And he disagrees with a lot of things, with James White, and they're like best friends. Yeah. Not really, but, <laughs> but they are friends. So um, anyways. Again, it comes back to it being a secondary issue. Yeah. Yeah. And if like, and if scripture is primary and that's where your, that's where your uh, disagreements lie is in your interpretation of scripture, not on, uh, I don't know, personal preferences. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then, um, then that's, I don't know. Then you can have healthy debate, mm-hmm. right? Like Baptists and Presbyterians. Yeah. There you go. We're we won't get buddies, into baptism, right? but. <laughs> so next week we're talking about tongues no. and dunking your babies. No. And your donuts. Um, <laughs> That was weird. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> well, that's the first thing that popped into my head when you oh, said Duncan. <laughs> yes, it wasn't just me. Oh, that makes me happy. Uh, I'm not a loser by myself. <laughs> At least Thanks. have you to drag me down or to to what drag down with me. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, anyways, I think. <sighs> I don't know. I feel myself getting a little loopy at this point. <laughs> um, so we've already kind of bled over, right? Because because didn't you ha- did you have any other questions about um, or anything else about spiritual gifts? Nope. To talk about okay. Um, so this maybe this is a topic we'll revisit in the future after I kind of have more clarity or or if we just want to go more in depth with like 
the different lists because there are multiple lists of spiritual gifts. You know, I mentioned a little bit in First Corinthians twelve, but, mm-hmm. but Paul has different lists in different areas, right? And so that gives like an idea that none of these lists lists are exhaustive, mm-hmm. right? So then, um, and maybe as a point of application, is and maybe that means that you ought not to be seeking like these particular. I mean, like yes, these are definitely good particular things to seek, but um, well, they're gifts. Right. Okay, so you you can't attain them; they're given to you by God. But Paul does say to seek the the greater gifts, right? But so if you're gifted with something, like it's your gift, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not something you can just right. But but I think we still ought to pray for them, whether that's in the. So I will say, just to nuance it a little bit, is that I will say whether that means like to you, for you to personally have a certain gift, or whether that means for you to pray for your church to have a certain gift, or the church to have a certain gift, um, there, you know, that can be, you can kind of extend it out that that far. You don't necessarily have to be seeking gifts for yourself to experience, but for your church, you know, to raise up leaders in a certain area in your church, um, things like that. So, yeah, but I, I do think it's definitely something you ought to be praying for. Is that, well, I'm, I'm particularly talking about like churches who are churches that, um, teach their congregation how to speak in tongues or like Mm -hmm. teach their congregation how to prophesy over Mm -hmm. people. Like, well, actually, prophecy actually, prophecy in tongues was the exact context that Paul was using when he said to seek the greater gifts, because he's comparing in that in that passage. And again, forgive me, I don't, I can't think of it offhand. Um, maybe I'll put it in the show notes after I have time to kind of look it up. Um, he's comparing prophecy and tongues and their use within the church, and how prophecy is greater in the sense that it actually edifies the church when mm-hmm. you prophesy, whereas tongues, if you don't have an interpreter. It's, it does not edify anyone except the person who is speaking uh, because no one can understand what they're saying. So, so Paul in that passage is saying that prophecy is greater because it actually edifies. And so to seek the greater gifts, i.e. to seek those things that edify people within the congregation. Does that make sense? Wait, I'm, so the people are supposed to seek to be prophets? To seek to edify people within their church. To seek to be to be helping others with the use of their gifts. Oh, okay. Does that but make that sense? doesn't mean that they should like learn to be prophets. Because you can't learn to be a prophet. God makes you a prophet by giving you Revelation. A re- revelation yeah. to give to people. Right, right. But I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, gosh, well, then that's, that's even like kind of talking about prophecy itself. Um, but I will say, again, if, if we're using like m- my personal experience, which again, it's dangerous to do just that, I, I would say that there's a certain sense in which like being being filled with the spirit allows you to walk in your spiritual gifts, right? Mm-hmm. So seeking 
your well, you spiritual can't walk gifts. in your spiritual gifts unless you have the Holy Spirit. Right, right. But I'm saying being filled with the Spirit, like like actually, um, like going to God and being in right relation. I mean, I mean, particularly like spiritual disciplines, spending time with God and being more. Gosh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the right. Think of the right. right we words. are more spirit filled when we are obedient to God. Right. Yes. Exactly. So I think in that sense, like being more spirit filled allows you to actually walk in your gifts. Mm-hmm. So therefore, when he says to to seek the, the gifts, to seek to edify the people within the church, um, he's saying to be filled with the spirit so that you can edify the church. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. It just confused me because it sounded like you were saying that it's that people should seek to be prophets. I was just confused. Oh, I mean, that's the context that Paul uses it in. So in that passage, he is saying, like, seek to prophesy so that you can edify people within the church. I'm confused again. Okay. What are you what are you confused about? Well, if someone has the gift of prophecy, it's because God gave them a revelation to give to his people. Mm-hmm. But the canon is closed, so there is no more revelation to give to his people. We have it in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So people can't learn how to be prophets. Right. And and again, I don't I don't think that's that is still occurring. I mean, this was for my view is that this was for a particular people, right? Um when he when he told people that they should Okay. Earnestly okay. desire. This is making more sense because I thought you were like relating what was happening then with what we need to do now. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And I was like, wait, but no. <laughs> But what? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Because this canon is closed. Yeah. So so actually in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians 12, um, at the end of the chapter, and actually we already read 28, um, you know, God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. And then he goes right from that into how um, love, you know, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers understand all mysteries and knowledge. If I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. Um, yeah. So he is saying seek. I mean, the, that's what it says is earnestly desire the higher gifts. The great- for yourself or just for the church. See, that's, that's the point is like, then he talks about love. Like you shouldn't be seeking these things for your own personal gain. Okay. He immediately turns that into, if you have not love, you're nothing. So use it in the context of loving other people. You know, that, that's why you ought to be desiring these things. But yeah, and that, yeah, and then 
right the the issue of context in terms of whether or not I'm again a cessationist I don't I don't think that there are prophets nowadays right. we, I mean we, we talked about that earlier already we don't think there are prophets we don't think there are apostles we don't think there's a you know a, a, um a, a, a sorry words are hard um th- that there is like an appointed position of like a miracle worker or something like that like we see um the apostles doing at the in acts mm-hmm. right so we don't think these things continue um but we ought to be uh, you had just said like should we be you know how do you seek your gifts um if it's something that god gives to you like I, I get what you're asking, but Paul literally says to earnestly desire these things. Right. Well, and I'm coming from like the standpoint of, or not standpoint, but just seeing seeing these gifts twisted. Yeah. And like not even necessarily as gifts, but as something that like you have to do in order to prove that you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From that standpoint, totally. Yeah. No. When Paul says to earnestly desire these things, he doesn't mean go to a class where you learn how to speak tongues. Yeah. <laughs> Cause where, that, that yeah. stuff happens and, um, which we'll talk about more next week. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's not, I, I don't believe that's what Paul is saying at all. I think he's saying again, seek the Lord and see how you can like fit, like use your gifts that God gives you within to to love others yeah if that makes sense okay cool <laughs> that's funny i wonder how long we were talking past each other um, <laughs> for but, a little while you're probably going to have to do a lot of editing in this one. <laughs> i don't know we'll just keep it raw and people listen well uh, no i mean you can keep it in there but just like pauses oh yeah like yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> like yeah. Trying to figure out <laughs> what, <Whoa>. yeah, <laughs> but that's what Paul is saying. But how is that? Yeah. But what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fun stuff. Um, and that did remind me of something else, but I think I lost it already. Um, yeah, it's gone. Goodbye. I guess the next time that we talk about spiritual gifts, then, then remember, I'll have to bring remember, it. remember, <laughs> Josh, remember. No, I think I think we're good. I think we're good. Oh, you don't watch Hocus Pocus. You didn't get that reference. No, no, no. My, fe- my fellow Hocus Pocus fans will understand that reference. No, it's 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 pretty terrible movie, actually. It's, it's a really classic. Bad. Classically terrible. No. Yes, that's it's bad. Just it's bad. A classic. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's bad. It's fantastic. I'm not going to budge on this one. It's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of movies, we did watch a movie this week. That's subjective. So. Okay. No. <laughs> the movie is objectively bad. No. <laughs> All right. Well, um, if you guys have any thoughts on spiritual gifts, anything that you feel that we did not um, express correctly. You can reach out to us. What do you think our spiritual gifts are? Um, we, you can you can <laughs> let us know in our Facebook group, the So Talk to Me podcast. Oh yeah, uh, I said group. That's not true. It's a page. I need to keep up with that. Um, so you can hit us up on the page. You can tweet at us 
Our handle's at so underscore talk to me. Or you can just email us. Our email address is so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. Do you have any other recommendations for anyone listening? Oh, I made pumpkin cookies. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Good so stuff. So good. Good can stuff. can post that recipe in there. They're uh, chocolate chip pumpkin cookies. Delicious. So yummy. They're really good, guys. I like pumpkin stuff. Okay. I know that's like the basic white girl thing, like pumpkin spice, <laughs> but I dig it. So. I'm not big on pumpkin spice lattes, but I do love these pumpkin well, cookies. Yeah. And it I like pumpkin pie. It started with lattes, but it got infected into everything. It's crazy. It is. It's like September hits and the grocery store just goes insane yeah. with like pumpkin flavored everything mm-hmm. or pumpkin spice flavored everything. Kitty Just litter. like, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't but I mean, sense. there are things like, uh, like earlier today we had a little celebration for some birthdays at the church and, uh, we had what, it, like a pumpkin spice log. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Those are good. Yeah. Probably cause of all the cream cheese, but still oh, fantastic. Yes. <laughs> cream cheese icing makes, everything better yeah yeah um so i I was just saying in general i do like pumpkin spice i'm basic okay um (laughs) you're basic white girl it gets yeah totally (laughs) it gets it gets i mean there's there's you can go too far with it okay definitely you can go way too far with it i'm not saying i like everything but in general i'll try anything with pumpkin i like pumpkin beers i know that's anathema with a lot of um big beer guys but sorry i like it um, I've never tried any like savory pumpkin dishes. I don't think. Yeah, I can't think of any either. I like, imagine it would be probably tastes like sweet potatoes s- or squash. Hmm. Interesting. But I mean, why it's waste a gourd. pumpkin on it? It is a gourd. That's a funny word. What is funny word? It just makes me think of Veggie Tales. Ah, why are we still talking? <laughs> I don't know. We can be done. Okay. I, I was asking about recommendations. You said pumpkin cookies, and it just got us down this road. But I think this is where the road ends. This is where the sidewalk ends. I'm sure you Shell probably Silverstein stopped listening say. a long time ago. Probably, which literally doesn't make any sense that you just said that to someone listening. But. Here we are at the end of the podcast, episode 58 in the bag. We're done. Till next time, guys. Go talk to someone like we talk to you. Or talk talk to each other. Talk to each other. Anyways. Yeah. Bye. Peace.